Hello and welcome everybody to the Bring the Sting podcast. I'm your host, Evan Birchmore. On today's episode, we'll be recapping the Charlotte Hornets week in review, guys. Week three of the season. Going to go ahead and dive on into recapping week three of the Hornets season, guys. A tough week, obviously, as we all know. 0-4 on the week, guys. Four losses, zero wins. Hornets currently on their West Coast road trip. But this past week, guys, you lost to Cleveland on Sunday. Then you lost to Golden State on Wednesday. You lost to the Kings on Friday. And then last night, you lose to the Clippers in a comeback. Clippers go on a 22-0 run uh, there in that fourth quarter to really kind of ice that game. So, again, guys, really, it won't be a whole lot of sunshine and rainbows on this episode. Uh, As much as I'd love to be able to sit here and tell you all these great stats and great, you know, sort of tidbits to be going forward with. I do have to be objective as the host of this podcast and and tell it how it is, right? Like there is some value in that. Guys, things aren't good right now. Something's got to change. There are obvious deficiencies on this roster. There are obvious deficiencies on this team. Uh, And things that, you know, we, we may be anticipated going into the season, but they have really, really reared their head, guys, recently. And you currently sit, you know, now at five and six after starting the year three and oh. So again, you've lost six of your past eight games. No bueno. It's no good. That's not going to cut it. You know, really. And, and I hate to just continually bash this guy. It's nothing against him personally. It is nothing against, you know, what he's been able to do in the league. But I have to start with Mason Plumley, guys. Just underwhelming, I think, is an understatement for his performance so far this season, guys. And not that you expected him to come in and just be a complete game changer, right? I've said on the podcast, I thought he was an upgrade over Cody Zeller, a slight upgrade, but, but a, you know, an upgrade nonetheless. Guys, there's no other way to put it. It's been a downgrade, you know, so far at center. He's currently going to read this off. You guys know how much I like to bring up PER on the show, right? It's my favorite, you know, kind of second level stat, if you will. 15 is average, guys, so 15 is pretty much just completely neutral. So really, veterans in the rotation, you would hope to be over 15, right? Well, he's beneath that. He's really your only – you have three rotation guys beneath 15. One is Terry Rozier, who currently sits at 7.6. I'm going to toss that out because he's not played all that much, and so that's really getting dragged down as Terry keeps getting his legs under himself. Kelly Oubre's PER is not great. It's 13.18. But Mason Plumlee, guys, 13.63. Every other rotation player is higher than that. Now, you have some guys who are way, way, you know, horrendously bad PERs, which are totally skewed because they've barely played any minutes. Guys like James Booknight and Vernon Carey, uh, Kai Jones, they, they all have horrendous PERs. But take that with a grain of salt. Take that with the entire salt shaker. I mean, toss those out. But Mason Plumlee's PER not very good. He does lead you in rebounds, which I mean, obviously is your starting center, you would hope, but he's at 7.7 rebounds per game. Miles Bridges is pulling down 7.4. And then those are your two leading rebounders. The next highest is LaMelo at 5.8 rebounds per game. So really Mason's not doing anything earth shattering on the boards. Miles is just about matching him on the boards. You know, as we all kind of projected, he's not giving you much as far as points are concerned. He's putting up 6.1 points per game. He has, recently really the turnovers are are just getting worse guys i believe it was last night against the clippers he had more turnovers than lamello and terry combined 
that is just horrendous. You cannot win in the NBA with that. And I saw something on Twitter that kind of stuck in my mind. Like, so as we, a few years ago, he was in Denver, right? We all know Nikola Jokic is an excellent passing big man. And I don't want to say that this is what happened to Mason Plumley, but someone made the argument that playing alongside Jokic, Plumley kind of tries to emulate that sort of play style and like lead the fast break and make these passes, you know, to push it in transition. But if that's not your game, that's not your game. Not everybody can be Nikola Jokic. That's fine. Play your position. And this team does not need Mason Plumley to be a facilitator of offense. I'm I'm stating the obvious with that, but you know, again, I just can't hammer that home enough, guys. So Mason Plumley, it's been really disappointing. And I put some stuff out on the Instagram, on the Twitter. You know, what do you do? I really think you're at a crossroads here if you're Hornets, if you're the Hornets, if you're the front office, if you're Coach Borrego. Because here's the thing. Is the fix in the building, guys? Is is the answer at the center spot in the building? Is he within the franchise now? You know, is it Kai Jones? Is it Nick Richards, God forbid? But again, are they going to be your answer right now? You know, I really don't think so. I think kind of the kind of what people are hoping is that Kai Jones can be that guy, but he's not going to be that guy this year for you. But all that to say, I do think at this point, I mean, personally, I don't see the harm in in giving him some run. I mean, even if it is in garbage time, he's hardly played at all this year. And you you need to figure, I mean, I understand that Coach Borrego really tends to lean on veterans, you you know, and Charlotte just, it has a tendency. I mean, really last year, LaMelo didn't start at first and he was the number three pick. And so really it's kind of this situation where they don't play rookies like right off the bat. And so I do think as fans, we can look around the league and see these other rookies excelling and say, well, well, goodness, it would be great to play our rookies. You know, you look at Indiana with a guy like Chris Duarte doing some excellent things. You look at Scotty Barnes on the Raptors. You know, you just look at these guys around the league who are tearing it up so far. Evan Mobley with Cleveland. You know, and then you think, okay, well, goodness, can James Booknight do some of those things? Could Kai Jones help you out a little bit at a position of great need? You know, maybe. And again, I'm not saying put him in the rotation and play him 20 or 30 minutes a night. But see what you have. It's early in the season. You know, not that every game doesn't matter. But right now, a loss is less consequential than at the end of the season when you're fighting for playoff positioning. So again, personally, I think you really could benefit from seeing what you have in those guys, giving them a little bit of run, you know, five minutes here, 10 minutes there, you know, games out of hand one way or the other, just, you know, something of substance to build off of something to hang your hat on with those guys. But again, back to the original point, if it's just like, is that answer in the building? And is that a question? Is that a solution that Charlotte wants to get this year? That's the other thing where you have Mason Plumley. All right. Could you, could you play the entire season with him as your starting center? Probably. It really limits your ceiling, like severely limits your ceiling as a team. Or do you sacrifice some future capital, some draft capital, some assets to go out and get a Miles Turner, to go out and get, you know, whoever's out there on the market, a Mo Bamba, I've seen his name tossed out there. You know, is there a guy out there who you can go get, get Christian Wood back? I don't know. Just Is there someone out there who you can swing a trade for? But again, obviously you have to give something in return if that's the case. Is that something that fits the timeline that Charlotte is trying to operate on? I don't have the answer to those questions, guys. I think that is really what I mean by fork in the road, though, is 
is this a is this a solution they want to find this season? Are they inclined to try to solve this center spot this year? You know, as we mentioned, Coach Borrego got the extension in the summer, so it's not a contract year for him. So if things go south from a record perspective, well, he is, you know, locked into his contract extension. So again, I don't know if there's just this immense pressure to win this season at the expense of the future. That being said, as fans, obviously, we want to win, you know, as much as possible right now. I mean, we started 3-0. and We made the postseason last year, you know, and, and we want to continue to develop. But, guys, you, there is a defined ceiling on this team, and until something happens at the center spot, that ceiling will remain a defined low ceiling on this team with a below-average starting center in Mason Plumley. Again, nothing personal against Mason Plumley. I'm really not trying to just, you know, dunk on him or anything. But, you know, it, it has to be said, as, you know, someone who tries to be objective in my analysis of this team, it has to be said. All right, so enough about that. Moving off of Mason Plumlee, guys, something else I wanted to touch on. And, you know, again, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, not going to be a whole lot of positives mentioned. We will try to try to get some in there. But, you know, a guy who's really kind of struggled this past week and – Personally, I think it's due to just getting his legs back under him. He had a sprained ankle, of course, that being Terry Rozier. Now, I've seen some things on Twitter, you know, not going to name names, but people on Twitter saying, uh, here we go again. Sign him to the big extension this offseason. Now he's, you know, kind of regressed. You know, as Hornets fans, Hornets slash Bobcats fans, we're all too familiar with that narrative, right? Player has a breakout year, sign him to a big extension. Player can, you know, proceeds to go downhill from there contract extension looks like a horrendous decision in retrospect. I'm not predicting that for Terry Rozier. I still believe in that move being a good move. It's one week. Guys, I'm not going to to make these wide, you know, just over-the-top, you know, sort of uh, takeaways based on one week of play on a guy who really didn't get that much run in preseason and then had the injury and has been, you know, kind of fighting to come back from that. So I think he showed you some stuff last night in that Clippers game where, like, he kind of got it going a little bit, you know, as the game wore on. And, guys, this team's going to need him. I mentioned it last episode. Clutch situations, guys, he's your guy, in my opinion. Like, not that LaMelo can't do that or Miles Bridges or Gordon can't do that, but, like, Terry is in that mold of just, like, just a bucket getter. Like, he can go get you clutch buckets and, and crunch time. And, again, not that those other guys can't, but, like, I really think he fits that mold as well as anybody on this team. And so you're going to need him to play up to that contract in order for you to meet your, you know, to meet your ceiling. Again, with Gordon Hayward as well. He hadn't been hurt yet this year uh, as a knock here on wood. But again, j- just he, he needs to perform up to his deal. And, and I know that there's been arguments made that Gordon's overpaid. You know, that's a whole nother podcast episode. We're not diving into that right now. But, but Gordon, I mean, I mentioned this on Twitter. Like he just it's too many games where he, he he just kind of floats. Like, what is his impact on the game when you watch the game? And, and it might sound, you know, unsophisticated to look at it this way, but just, you know, does he pop off your screen? Does he jump off your screen? Can you tell that he is impacting the game? I think about that Sacramento game, you, you know, where you're trying to come back in the fourth quarter. You know, you're down, but the game was not out of reach at the start of that fourth quarter. Gordon, through three quarters, had 25 points, and he'd scored zero in the fourth quarter. So if someone were to not watch the game but then look at the box score, oh, well, he had 25 points. He had a solid night. But, again, it's situational kind of 
basketball, situational productivity, right? Where, okay, you can't have him scoring zero points in the fourth quarter as you try to mount a comeback. If he's one of your best players, you know, some would argue still your best player on some nights, at least he can be. You need more than zero points as you try to come back. Like that just, that's not going to cut it. And so I'm still a believer in him, but like I just can't continue to like these empty calorie sort of numbers. Like it's so misleading as to the impact on the games sometimes with Gordon Hayward. That's not to say he can't have impactful games. He definitely can. But just it seems like that's happened fairly often. That's something I would really like him to snap out of and, and you know, improve as the season goes on. Then you have some other guys like a Kelly Oubre who you really don't, you know, just inconsistency I think is really the name of the game with Kelly where, you know, would it shock anyone if he goes out and has a 20-point night and looks great? You know, no, not particularly. No, he's very capable. But would it shock you if he goes out there and scores, you know, three points on one of eight shooting from the field? Also, no. You just don't know what you're going to get with Kelly Oubre where, you know, and now he he's, is kind of your primary guy off the bench right now. You know, P.J. Washington is injured. James Booknight isn't in the rotation yet. Ish Smith has kind of fallen back to the mean a little bit recently. So, you know, Kelly, you're really going to need him to be that guy, that spark plug off the bench, so to speak. And some nights he definitely can, but it's not every night. It's not a – he's not the kind of guy where you're able to pencil him in for a certain level of productivity, 10, 12, 15 points. You just – you can't bank on that at this point with Kelly Oubre. You really, really need P.J. Washington back. Like that absence is just glaring right now as someone who can play the five. He is undersized at, at the five, but – you know, can play some small ball five, can stretch the floor, can shoot the rock, a good offensive player. You know, you really, really need him back. So that hyperextended, you know, elbow that he's dealing with, you know, and I, I saw that he was seeing a specialist for that. So, you know, fingers crossed that he is able to come back, you know, quickly and at 100% health. Now, I am glad that they are being cautious with this. I'm glad that he, you know, is not being rushed back for – games in early November, you know, to ha- have some perspective and context where like this, he's an important guy for you going forward. Even if you swing a trade, like he is probably one of your more tradable assets right now. You need him to be healthy no matter what ends up happening. So protect him, you know, like that. I'm on board with that, but that doesn't mean that his absence is not felt right now. It's definitely felt right now. Like I mentioned, some of those bench guys like Ish Smith kind of has fallen back to the mean a little bit. You know, Cody Martin continues to play so well, you know, and I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, this could actually be a good transition into it, guys. The bring the sting player of the week, guys, it's tough in a week that you go 0-4, but Cody Martin, hats off to you, Cody Martin. The effort he shows on defense, guys, I tweeted this out. If everybody on this roster played defense as hard as Cody Martin plays, you could be a decent, even a solid defensive team. You will not be an elite defensive team. But defense, guys, more so than offense, is effort. Now, that's not to say that talent doesn't matter on defense and technique doesn't matter on defense, but want to and effort shows up on defense a lot. It shows up more than it does on offense. It, it's, it's just a different mentality, right? That's why guys like a Patrick Beverly, a Marcus Smart, you go back to guys like Tony Allen, Bruce Bowen, those kind of guys can can you know kind of chisel out a role for themselves in this league. They're not the most talented guys on the floor, but, man, they get after it on defense. Cody Martin, hats off to you just getting after it on defense. And I really just hope that some of the other guys on the roster just kind of 
can begin to adopt that mentality and, and follow that example, right? Like he he has been, you know, a leader by example. He's obviously not the most talented guy on the roster. You know, he's caught his fair share of flack, his, his uh, you know, fair share of criticism, if you will. But again, hats off to you. And guys, like I mentioned, this this uh, quote-unquote award, you know, every week, it's really not, you know, the highest performer, the most points. Like it's more so just who – who made impact, who really just kind of, you know, was obviously playing up to their capabilities and obviously was giving a hundred percent effort, really just kind of leaving it all out on the court, so to speak, uh, to, to bring up that cliche, but Cody Martin, this week's bring the sting podcast player of the week. Congratulations to you, sir. But guys, again, uh, this coming week, we'll go ahead and dive on into what is on the docket for Charlotte Tonight, Monday night, they're taking on the Lakers. No LeBron tonight, so, you know, maybe a chance there. At Memphis on Wednesday, you got to take on Ja, Ja and company, so that's a tough game. Coming home on Friday to take on the Knicks, so Kimball Walker's homecoming uh, to the Hive. That's, again, Friday. And then Sunday, the Warriors are in town as uh, Steph Curry and Draymond come to town, guys, that being Sunday night. So another challenging week coming up. You do get to come back home, which is good, but, you know, Four good teams, four postseason teams from a year ago. The Lakers, obviously, like I mentioned, no LeBron right now. They're struggling a bit. You know, the whole uh, Westbrook acquisition has not really worked out the way I think they hoped it would. Uh, So far, the Grizzlies have looked good. The Knicks have looked good. They always play hard. Uh, Then the Warriors have just looked astounding this year. So, you know, what's on the, you know, on the menu this week as far as wins and losses? That remains to be seen, guys. Just fingers crossed things get back on track, y'all. And really, it's, you know, not to beat a dead horse or anything, but the defense, it just, it is so hard to win when the defense is as bad as this team's defense has been so far. The offense has been elite by every metric. We ran through it last week. Nothing's changed. The offense has still been elite, but the defense is just like siphoning points. And you can't win every game, you know, 130 to 125. You're going to have to win a game, you know, 95 to 89 at some point. Especially, you know, hopefully you hope you get into the postseason where the game slows down and the pace slows down and defense is even more important. You know, you're going to have to – you can't be the worst defensive team, one of the worst defensive teams, and expect to really achieve anything, you know – of substance that, that just has to improve. And, and again, I'm not really trying to drag anybody in in particular or, or beat a dead horse, but I'd be remiss not to mention that you really need to improve on that end of the court. Even if you don't, you know, swing a trade or anything, is it just a mentality? Is it a strategy? Is it getting PJ back? Is it guys getting more healthy? What is it? I don't know. Is it playing the rookies more? I don't have the answers to that. I'm not the guy who gets paid to have the answers to that question, guys. But it does need to improve, like I mentioned. And something really kind of ironic that I uh, I tweeted this out yesterday, or today actually, the only team that Charlotte has held under 100 points this season was the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, Kevin Durant, James Harden's kind of getting his groove back a little bit. That's the team you held under 100. Everyone else has gone over 100 points on you this year. That streak needs to be stopped. But again, somehow you held Brooklyn to under 100. You got the dub. So that just goes to show you guys, when your defense is good, this offense will get you wins. You can put up points. That ha- That is not in question at all. But where does that defensive improvement come from, guys? We'll see. That's what we're all, you know, asking right now. That's what we're looking forward to finding out, you know, here in the coming weeks. 
All right, guys, so that will do it for this week's episode of the Bring the Sting podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, as we mentioned every week, be sure to find us on social media. On Twitter, we're at underscore Bring the Sting. On Instagram, we're at Bring the Sting, guys. Listener questions, listener comments will always be featured on the show. I've been you know, saying that every episode, guys, but send in any questions, any comments, any recommendations, any requests for content types requests for just new things to be putting out on Twitter, on Instagram, new things to integrate into the episodes themselves, guys. Again, this show is by fans for fans, so I want you to feel like you're a part of this just as much as I am. I'm the guy behind the microphone every week, but you guys are a part of this as well. Again, it's a fan perspective on the Charlotte Hornets. We're all Charlotte Hornets fans, so again, your voice will always be heard here on the Bring the Sting podcast. I just can't emphasize that enough. I can't thank you enough for tuning in, for continuing to listen, to keep up on Twitter, to keep up on Instagram. Guys, uh, just thank you so much again as things continue to grow and continue to roll along, guys. But all that said, guys, thank you again for tuning into this week's episode of the Bring the Sting podcast. I will catch you again next week with another weekend review, guys. Until then, go Hornets. Thank you.